No, no, no. Wait a minute. <laughs> the next thing I hear, he's like, it's not turn it off. And then the next thing he, I hear, he like hops off the van and I think he pulls his seat forward. And then he's like, water, water. The van was on fire. Eight days into our epic road trip in the van is on fire. Welcome back to another episode of Rewilding Parenthood, a week-by-week podcast series hosted by me, Colin Boyd, and my partner, Sophie Aldino. Each week, we cover our family's rewilding journey by sharing stories, advice, and wisdom gained in traveling full-time in a converted 1978 Mercedes 508D command and control center across North America and soon-to-be South America. This week, we are checking in from a McDonald's parking lot Yes, this actually does happen. However, 10 minutes drive from here, and we are at Lake Powell, and the wilderness beyond is just incredible. We will share highlights of our journey this week from waking up at the Grand Canyon on Monday morning to paddling the Lower Antelope Canyon by kayak just a couple days ago. We'll try not to get stuck too long in Arizona, as our theme this week is overcoming breakdowns while living full-time on the road. All right, what's up, Self? What time is it? Hey, I think it's like around 10 o'clock. I keep getting confused because I think we're on a, right on the line of time change. So sometimes I look at my phone and it's 9 o'clock and sometimes I look at my phone and it's 8 o'clock. <laughs> anyway, so I think it's 10 o'clock. I don't know either. It happens to me too. So we're not actually sure what time it is, but it's earlier than usual. And still, the rewilding Parenthood late night show stands. All right, Cole, where are we and what are we doing here? We are at McDonald's. Truth be told, we've actually stayed here the last couple of nights because the internet is really good. And it's been really rare for us to have our wheels parked on pavement overnight, especially this past month. But it's been nice to have a web hookup to get some work done. However, we are in Page, Arizona, which is also home to Lake Powell. This place is just incredible. The Navajo Nation is a big part of the lands around here, and the scenery is just stunning. The lake is a cliff jumper's paradise, and there are just so many adventures around here from the wave, which most of you have seen on an Apple a background or screensaver or desktop, whatever, or the Grand Canyon basically running through here on the Colorado River. The, the Glen Canyon ends and, and just heads right into the Grand Canyon. And that's that's incredible, a trip that we're looking forward to next week. So what are we doing here? Well, we decided to travel here with our friends simply us in a bus this week to do this specific trip into the lower antelope canyon by kayak but we've since split up and now we're hanging out for a couple more days because we will be getting onto the top of the colorado river in the Glen canyon section anyway that's not really the top but the top here to paddle the, the 15 miles of Marble Canyon, which is supposed to be spectacular and we're really excited about because we're going to be doing it midweek after a big holiday and hope that we'll have it all to ourselves. 
So that's what's coming up. We'll also have it in a heat wave. And it's supposed to be hotter in the canyon than it is in the hot desert here. So we'll let you know how that turns out. What's the vibe like, Self? The vibe is good. We had a great week with our friends. We actually been playing a lot for the last two weeks. So the past few days, we just took it pretty easy and just went down to the lake. And as Colin said, we're just waiting to do this trip. So we were just hanging out, doing the normal thing, just trying to work and and do a little adventure with the kids and enjoy the water. So what did we do this week? We started the week by um, waking up at 5 a.m. and driving all the way into the Great Canyon to watch um, the sunrise. That was really nice. Actually, Colin and the kids enjoyed that early morning. I stayed in bed sleeping. <laughs> I I was a little bit, not disappointed, but I was like confused about the fact that they they will just open the park, but the trails were all closed. So everyone was just hanging out at the parking lot. I mean, I could have, I could have woken up, but I decided to stay in bed. So anyway, we had a great morning, and then we boogie out of there and spend the next few days exploring around Wire Canyon. And that was really fun. It was um, last year we spent some time exploring the slot canyons and we had quite a really funny experience (laughs) with the kids going through really narrow um, slot canyons and the dog. So we wanted to do, we wanted to change that experience and have um, another slot canyon experience where it will just flow easier and we left Lola in the van. So Wire Canyon was really cool. Um, We were really tempted to go and check out the wave. We actually saw some people walking out of there with a pass and Colin was like, oh, let's ask for the pass. But we decided to not to do that. Anyway, so after that, we... We drove all the way to Lake Powell to meet up with our friends in Bliasana and Abbas. And we paddled the Antelope Canyon, which it was the best experience in the water. It was awesome. So, Cole, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so the day before, we had driven six hours. It was probably more like eight from Lake Powell all the way up to New Harmony, Utah to retrieve the kayaks that we had found on Facebook Marketplace. These bad boys are 10 years old, were used twice, so they're basically brand new. They've got the valves that everybody complained uh, were breaking on the new version. These have the original valves, which are rock solid, and they were hardly used. So we got them for 400 bucks, a total bargain. And now look out waterways of the Western North America because we are ready to shred. And so day one, we met up with Simply Us in a Bus, drove across town and put in at the Lake Powell Marina and paddled around on a perfectly still day with very few boats in the water into the mouth of the lower Antelope Canyon. 
And as we traveled down the waterway, the walls just grew and grew above us. And the water was so clear and turquoise. We had actually didn't really, we had some other things happen in the morning, so we didn't get there super early, but we'd stop for lunch and swam. And by the time we hit the end of the water, and made it to the actual canyon that you can travel through. I think it was 4.30, a classic uh, for us and, and those guys to be out three miles deep on a paddle and about to start canyoneering or exploring slot canyons with our families and it being the sun already kind of starting to wane a little bit. But that's why we love those guys is because they can hang tough in those kinds of situations. So we gave ourselves a 45 minute, uh, 45 minutes to go in and, and probably about half an hour to come out, which would set us up to be leaving around 530. And it was just awesome. We definitely didn't get into the really good stuff in there, which I know is there. But just the fact of being in that space alone was such a treat it's just been incredibly busy and we all knew that we just experienced magic that day it was awesome and that was our first trip on the water which we're now really excited about and more more to come on that yeah that's right Cole was such an awesome day it was the last day with our friends um, until we meet up again hopefully sometime late summer um, so it was a great goodbye after two weeks of um, lots of fun and adventures. So why we don't dive in, dive right in into our theme of the night, um, which is overcoming breakdowns while living full time on the road. <laughs> this was actually pretty funny because we were yesterday we're like, Cole, what have you had? Cole is our executive producer <laughs> for the show. So so I asked him if he had any thoughts about uh, what the show should be about. And we both thought about the same topic, um, which is overcoming breakdowns while living full-time on the road. So we were pre-aligned yesterday. <laughs> Doesn't happen every day or at every minute. No, you don't. You all don't get to hear the stuff that's cut out of this podcast, which is I should just make a show about that. Yes, there is some pretty funny stuff, like ten minutes on the road just laughing, or half an hour on the road just fighting. I I think that's why why it came up this week is because we have suffered a little bit of a setback with one of our rear brake cylinders, which was quite funny because a year ago our rear brake cylinder went in Flagstaff, Arizona and basically a year later just outside of Flagstaff, Arizona our new rear brake brake cylinder that we had replaced had started leaking again. So that was just this past week. And it's a little bit of a bummer, but I am confident that I'll be able to fix it this time around, even though Larry won't come and save my ass like he did last year in Flagstaff. But that's a different story. What this episode is about is really our first breakdown. Not the one that you heard about 
a couple weeks ago when we were dead in the water before we even left Maine. This was our first real breakdown on the road. So I just pulled out our journal that I used regularly last year to write down all the spots that we stayed and who we stayed with and that kind of thing. And I noticed that our first breakdown happened eight days after we had left Maine and Sophie didn't believe, I couldn't believe it and Sophie didn't believe it, but it's the truth. It's just literally a week after we left Maine, we were stuck. So why don't you take us back to what that day looked like? Okay, I'll try my best, but um, I think we pulled into Edison, South Carolina, uh, and we drove to the end of the road by the water. We found a really nice park for the kiddos, so we were just doing the park thing, you know, just, I think I was cooking lunch in the van, and it was time to keep going. And we were definitely in a hurry to get south. It's been really cold um, the past few weeks um, up in the northeast. So we were just like, okay, come on, time to go. And I think I remember just, I can't remember if it was like after we got in, after we, before we pulled into Edison or just um, before we started um we all got back in the van, but I remember saying, wow, the van has been working really well. <laughs> uh, I I think after um, that day, I haven't said that anymore. I think about it, but I just don't say it. And what what was the vibe like for us at that point in the trip being a week in and halfway down the East Coast? I can't remember. <laughs> I think we were just like diving into what all this was about. Um, we, yeah, we were just figuring these things out. We were excited to be in the van. And yeah, we were totally newbies, I think. As I was saying, we were just, you know, really excited to keep going and make it all the way to Florida. We knew a really nice long warm beach was awaiting for us so we just hopping back in the van um you know i think did the usual put kids in the car seats um i was up in the front colin was in the driver's seat and um yeah you pull out and then <laughs> or something like that. I think I didn't notice any weird noises. You you started saying like the van just not stop or something. I can't remember. Uh, the thing is, you if anyone any of you have spent enough time in your vehicle, you'll grow a connection with it. And I had even though we were only eight days on the road, we had already had the van for half a year and I knew the sounds of it and this sound was not normal and so I was concerned we were driving through this small beautiful town and the van was clacking away in a way that I never heard before so I'm a little nervous and unsure and going through I went through one stoplight and then I said I'm looking for a place to stop and I 
saw this little garage, like straight out of a movie, two-car garage, little gas pump out front, super clean, super tidy, gas station attendants with their names sewed on. And I saw them and said, "Uh, that is where I'm pulling in. And we whipped in there. I pulled in next to the building, kind of away from all the hubbub, and tried to shut the van down. Again, just like pull the keys out, hit the plunger switch, and the... Would not stop. And I'm like, what the hell? And I'm, I, I immediately try to call my, the guy that I replaced the starter with. No, no, no. Wait a minute. <laughs> Here where he comes my, my good memory compared to Colin. The next thing I hear, he's like, it's not turn it off. And then the next thing I hear, he like hops off the van and I think he pulls his seat forward. And then he's like, water, water. The van was on fire. Eight days into our epic road trip and the van is on fire. It was not a large fire. um, But when you see smoke coming out of your engine and you're not sure where it's from, you saw the flames. I was freaking out. I was like, everybody out of the van. Get out! <laughs> Water! Totally freaking out. And then finally, I couldn't get a hold of anyone that I thought may be able to help me. Realized again, all right, Boydski, you're on your own. Well, yeah, no, I called. I called Marshall before I could even shut it down. I went on to the 508D Facebook appreciation group and like wrote a panic post because those guys are so good at responding in like minutes. Be like, I don't know how to shut off my van. Anyways, we got it off. I, I was finally able to get it to stop. And when I did, the smoke started pouring out. The Yeah, yes, the van had been on fire. I was fully panicked and... The lovely fellow from the gas station with this name of Steve sewed onto his um, suit there came over and he said, well, can I help you, son? (laughs) And this wonderful southern accent. And uh, I said, hi, Steve. Nice to meet you. My name is Colin Boyd. I'm really sorry, but I have a feeling I might be here for a little while. Um, And so he kind of laughed and he said, I sounded like that was the sound of your starter plunger stuck into your flywheel. And I thought about it, and I thought, I think you're exactly right. We had replaced the starter in Maine just a month before, so it was really difficult for me to grasp the fact that a new part and new component would already break. But the guy seemed to know what he was talking about, and it seemed to match uh, a similar issue that we had had before. So we we hashed it out with Steve. I said, hey, man, like, you know, I got the family on board. It was already late in the day. I said, I can't get a hold of anybody, but I'm going to jump on this tomorrow morning and figure out what we need to do. So we spent our first night in Edenton, North Carolina, without ever intending to spend a night there. And we slept right next to the gas station. I went to sleep 
just wondering what I would find the next morning when I pulled my tools out and began disassembling the engine. We woke up the next morning, and for me, I knew exactly what was on my plate, but what was it like for yourself having to manage everything else in the van and the kids while I tried to figure out what was going on? I think when it comes to these situations where it's a bit of unknown how many days we're going to be parked or what is the park is going to show up or is it calling going to be able to fix the van? Um, I usually take this pretty, pretty easy. I don't stress out. I'm like, okay, we're parked here um, and we'll just wait for the part. It's part of... Um, it's part of the lifestyle when you live in a van. You just um, you have to know that you're gonna break down and you're gonna spend some days on a dirty road outside of a gar- of a garage or in somebody's vineyard. So, but that's another story. Anyway, so w- I remember waking up and I was like, okay, I'm gonna walk to the supermarket. So I think I strapped Camilo in my back and. I just walked to the supermarket and yeah, it was, and then we took the kids to the park. But I think before that, um, Colin usually wakes up really early and you already have been out for a run, scoping the the town and the neighborhood. (laughs) And Colin coming from an antique auctioneer family, of course, he didn't pass um, the antique shop in Edenton. (laughs) (laughs) and he showed up with a beautiful sculpture (laughs) that he had bought for a hundred bucks and I was like what is going on in your mind (laughs) anyway he ended up selling on eBay Um, usually his answer is like I'm not sure about it, but I think this is a good piece. <laughs> anyway, we actually, um, talking about this, We I don't know if you remember, we have a piece of pottery sitting under the um, the, the companion seat in the front. So you got to figure out what you're going to do with that one. Well, it actually reminded me of that sculpture because that that sculpture was quite nice. We, we made a $375 profit, which covered the cost of our part. I'm kind of quite bummed we sold it. It was a really, a really nice piece of sculpture. It was small, beautiful, green. Be- it was really beautiful. So, yeah, we... I think we spent that day just, you know, hanging out. I think we also spent the day trying to figure out how to get the Wi-Fi password from the neighbor, <laughs> which I think she was like a massage therapy. Uh, and we were like trying um, different passwords. And I mean, we don't do this all the time. So, but anyway, we were parked there for like four or five days because I think we broke down on a Friday and the park wasn't going to arrive until Tuesday or Monday. So yeah, anyway, we just parked there and just pretending we were just visiting Edenton and we were staying at an Airbnb, but we were not. We were staying in our 508D Mercedes. It was really nice, actually. I think we both needed to slow down and the universe intervened and 
It did. No, I remember us both sitting there being like, this is great. We were just parked. We couldn't move the van. By this point, I got the starter out. We confirmed the starter had failed and needed to be replaced. I mean, the starter haven't failed. The starter fried. Sorry. It was not the starter because we found out later in Florida that it was the starter button, which is like a $3 piece. And I, at this point, I'm like $700 into new starters, which is not much money, but it's still 700 bucks. Anyways, so I had pulled the starter out. The cable between the solenoid and the starter was fried. For me, I could see it. But fortunately, I had a mechanic right next door that were just kind of happy to have us around. I had all the tools that I needed for the most part, but if I needed to borrow something, I just went in and they're like, here, just, just, yeah, just bring it back. And I could bounce anything off of them. By Friday afternoon, I had called back up to New Hampshire to the starter alternator auto electric guy that I'd gone to see before. He drop shipped a new one out to me. It wasn't going to be there until Tuesday, but it was great because I've already done this before. I know which bolts to pull out. I don't even have to bother these guys at the shop. And now it's just a waiting game. So we knew we were going to be there for four or five days. I think that's when I went antiquing and found our sculpture. (laughs) And we just settled into this little town. Uh, We did ask the neighbor for the Wi-Fi password and we couldn't move the van. i knocked off a couple other jobs so I had a clutch slave cylinder that needed to be replaced which I put in there I repaired I put on a new back blinker I think I might have done an oil change and a few other things while I was there which was amazing because you know usually it's it's hard to find the time to do some of these jobs on the road well sometimes it's not only that it's finding the right space because getting under the van on a really dusty, dirty road, um, which usually BLM land is pretty, it's not dirty, but it's dusty. And it's not the right environment to be able to work on your van. And, you know, sometimes you park, you're, you know, staying with friends and you're staying in a nice long driveway, um, but then you don't want to just spill oil all over the driveway which had happened that's another story so yeah it was pretty nice for Colin to be able to work yeah so the new part showed up we were looking at the weather and Tuesday seemed to be like the coldest day of the year it was so cold you remember it was windy and really cold and yeah you were like it was just like being back in Maine and working on the van. I remember you just being under the van. You know, it was kind of fun for the kids to be able to see you from inside the van and you were just outside under. I remember how excited you were to be able to fix the issue. You felt felt so proud of yourself. It was almost like you needed that experience. It was a great confidence booster. I now understood my van or our van so much better and how to look after it to ensure that things that are going to happen, for sure they'll happen, but there are preventative maintenance things that I could do regularly to ensure that our van is running smoothly because getting downed like that was 
probably a nine out of 10 for breakdowns. It was amazing. But we know that it could happen in any other spot and it would not go down that, that well. It had had been good, but yeah, it cannot happen like that. Anyway, so I think uh, before we, um, we we close the show for today, um, I think the best part about um, breaking down is that we took away with us this beautiful memory. We find out um, that Steve was a, a diver and he dives for meg- Megalodon tooth. So Alfonso's birthday was coming up and he sold us one of his tooth that he had found um, underwater. And it was also a really nice way to say thank you for letting us stay there. Yeah, the guy the guy wouldn't take a nickel from me for anything. And so when we found out that he had these megalodon teeth, I asked if we could buy one. And he had like 80 of them at home. So he certainly didn't need, wasn't going to miss just one. And Alfonso still has it in his room, even though it's had to be repaired with Gorilla Glue a, a number of times. But yeah, it was... Um, a beautiful memory that we took away with us and it's, you know, something that Alfonso will have for life. So is there anything or any advice calls that you want to give regarding breakdowns? Don't fear the breakdown. It's inevitable. It happens to everybody. And, you know, you can take a lot of good memories and fun moments out of it. You also end up meeting a lot of really cool people. I feel. Absolutely. And you also get to witness the generosity in the world and and the fact that people are good and want to help you. A couple other notes. One of them that I learned just a few months ago when we were speaking at the four-wheeler event, one of my fellow co-panelists just said, you know, every morning I wake up and while I'm drinking my coffee, I just kick the tires on my rig. I just go around and look around my truck and grab things, shake things, look under the hood and make sure nothing got loose or fell off on the drive the day before. And so that stuck with me as a way to monitor the rig on a daily basis. And for example, that's how I noticed that we have a brake cylinder leak right now. Not that I've done anything about it, but at least I know it's there and it's a problem that I need to deal with sooner rather than later. Having an older, unique vehicle like ours poses challenges to get parts. So fortunately for this particular breakdown, I had access to somebody who had the part for us and could get us it get it shipped that day. But um, I also had that clutch slave cylinder sitting in the back with me because I had previously ordered it from Iran which is a whole different story. And we'll, I don't think I'll be ordering parts from Iran again now that my brake cylinders failed. But having spare parts on board or access to somebody who can get you them if you have a random vehicle like ours is key to getting out of a jam. So that's it from us this week. Thank you so much for listening to the Rewilding Parenthood podcast. If you like what you hear, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts, 
subscribing wherever you podcast or sharing with a friend who you think would want to listen to us ramble about our life on the road. We have music from Tomas Tyrell and Mercedes Riva down in Buenos Aires, Argentina. If you have any questions about the show, please reach out to us on Instagram at Afuera Vida. This show was produced by us on the road in our 1978 Command and Control Center. Stay tuned next week. We've got a special episode coming for you of our first trip on the water down Marble Canyon. And if you would like us to be talking about anything in particular, please find us on Instagram and just hit us up and we will bring you some topics that you want to hear. So thanks for tuning in. We'll look forward to having you back next week. Adios.